Hey, this is Adam Penapinto. I'm the pastor here at Hope Covenant Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a part of our Hope Covenant Church family, we would love to connect with you via social media on all social media outlets or on our website, hopecovenant.cc. I hope this word encourages, inspires, and challenges you in your daily walk with God as we dig deeper into his word. Let's jump right into today's message. I do want to welcome those that are watching online or those that are listening on the podcast. Hope Covenant, would you welcome those that are listening and tuning in? I say it every week. If you're ever in the Charlotte area, we want to encourage you to stop on by. We'll make you feel right at home. I want to to welcome the Lord and just pray and seal this word as we turn to his word that I can guarantee you is the word of God. And it's, uh, it doesn't return void to us. It, it literally has the ability to change us as alive. And so, Father, we welcome your presence and we ask you to speak to us. Open our ears and open our hearts, Father, that you would come in and forever change us through this word, this message on prayer and fasting that we talk about and how to access your presence and how to go into a place with you that we've never been before, a place deeper where we can be overwhelmed like we just sang, by your goodness and your greatness and your faithfulness. In the mighty name of Jesus, if you believe that, would you shout? Whoop, whoop. Awesome. How are you guys doing? Good? How many of you felt the presence of the Lord during worship? It was really good. It was really good. I love the new song, Gratitude. It's awesome. But I've been talking over the past four weeks, we did this whole series on the return of Jesus, and we discussed the emphasis that Jesus put throughout the entire series, we discussed this on the Mount of Olives. If you remember, he collected his disciples and they were asking, hey, when are you coming back? And he totally changed the subject and didn't even answer the question. He just says, hey, make sure you carry my Holy Spirit. That was like the whole, the, the whole thing that you need to focus on. We're going to go a little deeper with that. I was seeking the Lord this week and like, Lord, what do you, whenever I end a series, I know I got to start a new subject and I don't know whether I should start a new series or not. And I felt like Holy Spirit said, I want you to talk about me. Like literally, like go figure. Just talk about me. Talk about my spirit and talk about how to access that because I've got Pastor Jay here next week and we are going to start a new series, but I really want to focus on the Holy Spirit, how to carry the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, all of those things. And I believe one of the most important things that we can do as a church to ready ourselves for the return of Jesus that we've been talking about over the past four weeks is to develop a strong prayer life. We are supposed to be praying in as well as witnessing and evangelizing and fulfilling the Great Commission. We are supposed to be praying in the return of the Lord. You're supposed to be hungry for the return of the Lord. This, like we shared all through those four weeks, even during the doom and gloom weeks where I shared some of the things that'll be happening. I said, as a church, you don't need to fear. You need to get excited because this is a love story. He's coming back for his bride and that's me and you. Amen. And so one of, the, one of the, the, the strongest, most important things that I believe that we need to be doing to ready ourselves is be in a place of prayer and be in a place of fasting. And I want to explain a little bit about that because we have to be carriers of God's presence. I told you last week, and I'll say it again, I'll say it every week, that we, don't, we have a generation that doesn't want to hear about God. They want to be introduced to God. And the only way you can do that is if you carry the presence of God that you can say, all right. And, you know, prayer is one of the ways that you can access with even a non-believer that is struggling or has needs. How many of you know church is a hospital? 
and people come with needs and people come broken and they come hurting. And our job as the church is to reach those. And how many of you know you can't do it in your strength? You need to make sure you're a carrier of the presence of God that you can go, hold right there. Let me introduce you to somebody. Yeah, and you need to carry that supernatural presence of God that can change the moment. He will show up and show off. He says he rewards those that seek him and that when we knock on the door, he answers. The only way to carry God's presence is to be in his presence. I want to say that again, that the only way to carry God's presence is to be in his presence, which is why I always put an emphasis on spending time with God because prayer is one of the ways that we can access the presence of God. Prayer is not simply something where we bless food and we make requests. Prayer is a place where we can hang out with God. Yes, it is a place where we can make requests, I never start my day in my prayer life by bombarding God with my needs. I come into his presence knowing that when I'm in a place of his presence, sometimes he will just supernaturally take care of all my needs. How many of you know that God can do that? Yeah. And God doesn't have needs. He only has desires. Aren't you grateful for a God who doesn't have any needs? Because I got lots of them. I can fill that void. (laughs) You can both communicate to God in a place of prayer and also hear from God in a place of prayer. You know, as a church, I want to encourage you to do more marinating. The other night, my dad made uh, London broil steaks, and they were amazing. Praise God. Everything comes back to food at this church. I'm sorry. Not sorry. And I said to dad, I said, these steaks are amazing. He said, they've been marinating for like three or four hours. And I was like, that's the difference right there. See, we, we have this thing called Montreal steak seasoning. Anybody familiar with it? It's literally the nectar of heaven that you rub on the meat and praise God. As you can tell, we're not vegetarians. Um, <laughs> praise God. And so the marinating in just a couple hours of marinating made that steak so much more enjoyable. Could you imagine if we would marinate in his presence Monday through Saturday, what Sunday would look like when we enter into a place of worship? I'm preaching better than y'all are acknowledging, but it's okay. I'm saying, um, could you imagine if the church would really be in a place of just marinating and soaking in his goodness? Soak up all them juices of God because he's just that good. At times when we are praying, it can seem like our prayers aren't being answered and like we aren't breaking through. And sometimes it can feel like we're missing an ingredient in the marinade and it can get frustrating. And I want to look at a story in the Bible where that occurred. And Jesus gives a solution and tells us what we can do about it. In Matthew 17, verses 14 to 18, they came to where a large crowd had gathered to wait for Jesus. And a man came and knelt before him and said, Lord... Please show me your tender mercy towards your son, towards my son, sorry. And he says to him, here's the problem. He has a demon who afflicts him. He has epilepsy and he suffers horribly from seizures. He often falls into the cooking fire or into the river. And here's where the problem occurs right here. I brought him to your followers, but they weren't able to heal him. This was the disciples. And Jesus had given the disciples authority to cast out demons and heal the sick. But there was nothing happening here. And here's how Jesus replied. He said, where is your faith? 
Can't you see how wayward and wrong this generation is? Some versions say unbelieving or perverse. How much longer, Jesus said, do I stay with you and put up with your doubts? Bring me to your son. Now, Jesus is saying two things here. He's saying, one, you're not connected enough, disciples. In other words, I've given you this. I've given you this hope covenant that you have the ability to carry my authority. He's, I've given you that ability. And then he's saying, when he says perverse, he's saying, but you're too connected to the world. In other words, you're not connected enough and you're too connected. You're not connected enough to me and you're too connected to the world. I'll give you my own personal examination. You're too connected to Hulu and not connected enough to the Bible that's standing there on the shelf getting dusty. Dust it off and read it. And I wonder, like we were saying during offering about, you know, hey, your heart and your, your money's connected. I wonder, is your heart connected more to the presence of God? Or you go, I, I don't need to hear this condemnation. This is not condemnation. This is conviction. If you're feeling this and you're going, I don't like this, you need to check your spirit and go, are, are we okay? I mean, ask yourself. Now, I always say these things for the purpose of addressing them because this is accessible to you. And so is repentance, which is one of our core values as a church. It's okay to say, hey, you know what, God, I've not, I've, I've been bowing in this area. I need to just clean up my act. And the Lord goes, cool, forgiven, done. I mean, it's that easy with God. But he's saying two things. You're, you're not connected enough to me, and you're too connected to the world. We are too connected with the world. We end up with a lack of holiness. You end up not whole when you're too connected to the world. So Jesus is saying you're not, you're not connected enough to me. You're too connected uh, to the world. And then Jesus rebuked this demon right after, and the, and the boy was instantly healed. Now I want to say this, that this is not always the case, but I do believe sickness is demonic. I do believe that. And I would love to see the church so connected to God that rather than connecting kids to doctors, we would pray over them and see them healed. How many of you know that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Could you imagine if some of us would walk into the waiting room of the doctor, our kid's doctor, or whatever it may be, and we just start praying over people and we empty the doctor's office out? Could you imagine how many of those people would be at church the next Sunday going, okay, whatever that was, I need me some more of that. Because the presence of God can do what we can't do. A moment in his presence can change us forever. And that's why we need to carry his presence and not just talk about him. The word of God is living and active. Sharper than a double-edged sword. And Holy Spirit, the presence of God is what Jesus said we need to make sure we're carrying as his disciples and as his followers. So Jesus identified the problem. You're unbelieving and you're perverse. And here is the cure that Jesus gives us in Matthew 17, verse 19 to 21. How many of you know he never just throws the problem out? He always gives us the cure. That's how good God is. Later, the disciples came to him privately and asked, why couldn't we cast this demon out? Like, what's wrong with us? And he told them, it's because of your lack of faith, I promise you. If you have faith inside of you, no bigger than the side of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move away from here and go over there and you'll see it move. There is nothing, everybody say nothing, nothing. you couldn't do. 
but this kind is cast out. In other words, this only happens through prayer and fasting. That's the ingredient. When we lack faith and we fast and we pray, it's amazing what happens to our faith. It rocks us. So Jesus gives these two solutions, prayer and fasting. Prayer connects us to God. The more you pray is the less unbelief you will have. I want to encourage some of you that are going, man, I went through this situation. I went through that challenge and I'm lacking faith. I don't understand when you pray, your unbelief decreases. Isn't that amazing? The more time that I spend on the piano it is amazing during the week. I mean, I've been playing piano my entire life since I was in kindergarten. I notice the weeks that I practice and the weeks that I don't, and Brennan especially notices it, <laughs> and the team. But the weeks that I practice, it's like butter and it's effortless. When you practice and you pray and you're connected to the Lord, your week can oftentimes feel effortless. And when there's challenges, there's no obstacle, there's no mountain that cannot be moved in the presence of the Lord. Nothing that's insurmountable in God's presence. That applies to our marriages, that applies to relationships, that applies to our unsaved family members, that applies to those that are sick. And by the way, when, they, when we end up with things where somebody perishes and they go to be with the Lord earlier, how many of you know the miracle sometimes looks different, but God still has his way? And spending time marinating in the presence of God, even the things that don't make sense to us, it makes sense that, oh, okay, this is called faith, trusting and believing in the things that I don't see or I don't understand, but trusting God that you've got the perfect narrative and direction for me. I'm preaching to somebody this morning. You gain confidence and you gain authority in a place of prayer and fasting. Be filled with the Spirit means you have to fill yourself with His Spirit. I don't know if you realize that, but being filled with the Holy Spirit means that you, you have to be in a place of His presence where you get filled. Yeah, it's pursuit. It's called pursuit, pursuing God. And the more you pursue Him is the more Spirit of God that you end up with, which is the more impact and the more change you can make. You say, well, this feels like striving. No, well, there's something called putting legs to your faith. And that's where you have to put in the effort. The effort is right here. He rewards those that seek him with diligence, diligence right? That's the effort on my part. When you fill yourself up with Holy Spirit, you will find an increase of your faith, your peace, your comfort. And I love this, your vision and your creativity. Do you know why I believe movies are just terrible right now is because there's no presence of the Lord that we're marinating in where that creativity comes from. We need to spend more time in the presence of God because I don't even know, even in the worship world, I've, I've noticed that it's become more of an industry and less about the presence of the Lord. And all of the worship songs are starting to sound the same. And I've been talking with different worship leaders going, guys, we need to marinate in the presence of God so we can get some creativity back in worship. I'm tired of the same sound out of, the, out of even worship. How many of you know as the church, we should be the most creative. We should be the most innovative. That happens when you marinate in the presence of God. All creativity comes from God. 
all true creativity. Now, there's perversion that's gotten on creativity. There's always the counterfeit. I've talked to you about that even last week. But creativity, how many of you know we're all created in his image? Even those that aren't saved, God still created us in his likeness and in his image. It's like mind-blowing. But fasting disconnects us from the world. So prayer connects us to God. Fasting disconnects us from the world. And we're not asked to fast so that we can suffer. We're asked to fast to starve our flesh so that we can gain God's spirit. And fasting ends up giving us breakthrough. That's why so many times growing up, my mom, she would say, I got to go on a fast. I'm not seeing the breakthrough. We would always expect mom to say that. And then like meals would be really interesting for the next week. (laughs) Always happened. My mom was a Pentecostal mama. She just went for it. And she would always go, I'm going to fast. That usually meant like, you know, you're going to have like a cup of noodles for dinner that night. Because, you know, we're all going to fast is really what that means <laughs> at some level. And I loved it. I thought, I thought it was great because what she was teaching me as a kid was the importance of when you need a breakthrough, this is what you go to, and it happens. It's like tithing. And I, I, I'm not trying to harp on this, but when you, you have the ability to test God, I'm going to speak the truth, though. You have the ability to test God, and fasting is the same thing. When you fast, I promise you the breakthrough's coming. Yeah. You go, well, I didn't see it yet. Well, keep fasting. Yeah, because fasting disconnects you from the world and prayer connects you to God. So fast and pray. We're in the age of fasting. This is where, this is our moment to ready ourselves. This is our moment. We got to carry authority. So what do we do? We fast and we pray to get connected to God and get disconnected from the world. So Jesus is saying, when I leave, I want this to be a spiritual discipline on my people, on my followers, on the church, on the bride. I want my bride to have this as a spiritual discipline. So I want to encourage you that if fasting is not a part of your spiritual discipline, and maybe prayer is, make add fasting and see what happens because it disconnects the distractions of the world. I know a lot of you probably maybe do intermittent fasting or something to look good in your figure. Well, this will make you look good in your spiritual figure. Here is some early church history on fasting in Acts 13, verses 2 to 3. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, so the church was fasting here, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And they were hearing from God as a result of fasting and prayer on on being sent to the nations. And so after they had fasted and, and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. So even after they heard God, they bathed. The, the call that they heard from God by prayer and fasting and even more prayer and fasting. <laughs> and Paul endured prayer and fasting. And he talked here about his life and his struggles and says the fasting and prayer was one of his spiritual disciplines that pulled him through in 2 Corinthians 11 verse 27 in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fasting often. Paul had, he's like one of the guys in the Bible. He had so many trials, so many things that he walked through because he had such a high call on his life. But fasting kept him connected to God and he endured in those times. Paul talked a lot about enduring. 
And guys, in the days that we're living in, there's a lot that we're going to have to endure through. And prayer and fasting keeps us connected that we can endure the challenges of this world in the moment and the day that we are called to live, which is right now. We got to get away from thinking that the moment that we're in is just this tragic moment that maybe we were here by accident. No, you're here on purpose for a purpose. But you have to carry authority in this moment to make it through. We as human beings, we're triune beings. I want to explain this to you a little bit, and I'm wrapping up. We are the only part of God's creation that's made up of these three parts, a triune being. And it's spirit, soul, and body. So you've got trees, or they're just one. It's just a body. There's, there's, no, there's, no, there's no spirit. There's no soul. A tree doesn't have emotions. <laughs> and you've got animals that, that there's two parts. that They have a, a body and a soul, but they don't have a spirit. So you, like you see the, the dog's tail wagon, there's a soul there, but there's no spirit. And, you know, I've been asked before, you know, do dogs go to heaven? I, I don't know. I, I just know cats don't. <laughs> and if you're going to write me a letter, I'm not going to read it. And I'm sorry if you're a cat person. Sorry, not sorry. I just, I know that dogs, you know, they have a, they have a chance. Cats don't. <laughs> oh, Lord. We're trying to grow a church here. <laughs> but our body connects us to ourselves. This keeps me self-conscious, like when I get hungry, I have pain. And then there's things like when we lust, that's our body. Like we, we're, we're, we're trying to fill a void in our body in that moment. But fasting is really awesome to do when you struggle with those things. Fasting is awesome. It sets us when we struggle with that perversion that, that was being referred to in scripture. Fasting brings the body into submission to God. So I want to encourage any of you who have struggled with an addiction or struggled with sin of any sort. Fasting is a great way to break through that. When I counsel anybody that struggles with addictions, I say, how's your fasting life? Because that's what disconnects you from the world. Have you fasted recently? That's what I, I always ask. Our soul is what connects us to others. You will notice that others can make you happy or others can make you sad. And this is why fasting centers the soul. It helps connect your soul to God and detox from the distractions of others and, and things and people that play on our emotions. And then there's our spirit, which is what connects us to God. Now, all of three of these, spirit, soul, and body, they're all at work in us right now. But only one of these is the strongest that's dominating. So I want to encourage you to survey that this morning. What's dominating you? Is it your spirit? Is it your soul? Or is it your body? You know, I'm trying to overcome overeating at the moment. I, I get the munchies around 11 o'clock every night. But I'm going on a spiritual fast this week because I know that I need to overcome. And I'm just talking to myself. This is an expectation that I feel the Lord has on me. And so I, the Lord has told me to get my body in order because I've been experiencing some body things that I don't like. And I cried out to the Lord and he said, well, to whom much is given, much is expected. So get it in shape. I called Patrick and said, how do I do this? I have no idea what I'm doing. Like piano player up in here. Tell me what to do. 
he gave me some ingredients. And he said, look, I can give this to you. I can serve you with this menu, but you have to actually be hungry enough to do it. Enough for food, hungry enough for this plan, desperate enough for this plan. So one of these is the strongest in us, our spirit, our soul, and our body. When your body is in charge, it does things like overeat. When your soul is in charge, you can end up depressed. You can end up feeling separate. You go, and and listen, those of you that are struggling with these things, I'm not saying this again to condemn you. I'm saying this to encourage you that there's a solution here. And it is downright spiritual. It is. It's written in the word. But when the spirit is in charge, things end up being awesome because God rules all. Romans 8 talks about the man who is controlled by the spirit. He doesn't answer to the body or the soul. We are only to answer to the spirit, the spirit of God who is to dwell within us. That's, That's where we rejoice right there. And in order to be led by the spirit, you have to conquer the flesh. And that is very, very difficult. I hope I'm explaining to you this triune being and why we're challenged with this. Because our body can't be in charge, our soul can't be in charge, our spirit has to be in charge. And we have a generation that is led by the soulical realm and emotions right now. Us millennials really struggle with this. And it really boils down to we need to be connected to God. By the way, when you're struggling with rebellion from things, you are probably struggling with the soulical condition. And the only way to break that spirit that can really hold us is to get into the spirit of God. The spirit rules all. And it will help you conquer any challenge that you have. So I want to encourage you that faith allows you to be led by the spirit and not by the flesh. You have to overcome the flesh, your body or your soulical realm. And when you fast... Your spirit ends up thriving, and it ends up being in charge. You end up being connected to God, and you end up being focused. And I want to encourage you to develop prayer and fasting as a spiritual discipline. I don't know how many of you besides me have things that you struggle with, but I promise you this is the answer to your struggle. You, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know. I want to encourage you to test it. I want to encourage you to go on a fast this week. I want to encourage this entire church to try this. And by the way, uh, we're really big on this whole Daniel fast right now. If your name's not Daniel, you might want to pray about, is that the fast you're supposed to do? Yeah, there you go. I said it. People be like, I'm on a Daniel fast. They got like the little, little candy fruit snack things, you know, whatever. Are you really fasting? I want to encourage you with this. Seriously, the rubber meets the road in these moments. I'm always going to encourage you to stretch your faith. I'm always going to encourage you to exercise your spiritual muscles. And the best way to do that is go on a fast. And about two, three o'clock in the afternoon, your body's like, ah, and you're like, ah, and you start to hear from God. It really works. In 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven 
and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Let me explain to you the power in that verse. How many of you know the world is messed up right now? How many of you know America is messed up right now? Do you know that the only way to fix that is if the church actually fasts and prays and humbles themselves and turns from their sin and their wicked ways? So when you're looking at pornography, sir or ma'am, because by the way, the statistics are catching up, it's male and female. You need to ask yourself, am I humbling myself and turning from my wicked ways that I'm taking in the condition of the nation personally? Yeah. Ouch or amen or one of the two or both. When we're saying, when we're gossiping, when we're using perverse speech, when we're sowing into disunity, are you turning from your wicked ways? That thing that you think you can't overcome, that unforgiveness that you feel like you can't overcome. Is that a wicked thing? Is, that, is, this, is, this, is this pleasing to the Lord? We've got to cut out everything we possibly can. And when you fast and you pray, he'll tell you exactly what to do. I'm so sick of people that are struggling with sin. They go, well, I just don't know how to overcome it. Fast and pray and get in the presence of God because he's pulling you higher, but you got to be willing to be pulled. When somebody tugs me by the shirt and says, Adam, if I, if I just tug away from them, they're not going to have my attention. And I feel like we oftentimes do that to the Lord. But we're at a tipping point right now. I feel, I feel that the Lord is at a place where he's about had enough. I really do believe that. And I told you that the judgment of God is coming. It is coming. It's in his word. A lot of preachers don't like preaching it because it doesn't fill up the chairs. I'm looking to fill up hearts with truth because it's the truth that leads to freedom that you can accomplish the very things that God's called you to. And I want to tell you there is judgment coming. If you're right with God and right standing through prayer and fasting and you've overcome, you have nothing to worry about. It's a love story. I got asked the question. I got so many emails this week. Do you believe in once saved, always saved? Do you believe in eternal security? I do believe that when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that you have a, a moment with, with him and, and that there is a heart that's, that's, that's changed. But I also believe in his lordship, and I believe it's important that we're under these things. And here's what I say. Just live right and live holy, and I don't really care. Just, live, just pursue God with passion. I'm not going to get caught up in this debate. I'm going to say this. Walk upright and holy and pursue God with everything you've got. You've got nothing to worry about. Can I get a witness up in here? Amen. So I want to encourage you with this today. Could we all examine our hearts this morning with every eye closed and every head bowed? We're not thinking about the person next to us right now. We're thinking about us. We're thinking about me. I'm thinking about Adam. You're thinking about you. Is there something that you're struggling with that you can't overcome that you need to access through a place of prayer it may be a place of fasting. Is there somebody that you can't forgive? You can't let it go. You've tried for years to overcome this thing where you just can't let it go. I believe the spirit of the Lord is saying that he wants to address unforgiveness in this room this morning and he wants to break it. And I right now, with the authority given to me by Jesus, I speak to a spirit of unforgiveness. And I say, you're done. And here's what I want you to say out loud. Spirit of unforgiveness, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. 
And I thank you, Lord, that you've forgiven me. And so I need to forgive. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to picture the person, picture the relationship, picture whatever it is, whomever it is that you haven't fully forgiven. It feels like a constant effort. The Bible says, what, 70 times 7? It's it's not actually giving a literal number. It's saying you never stop forgiving. And I want you to just say, I release that right now. I release that. Just think about that person and just release them. And Jesus says that when we come in with repentance, he not only forgives, but he forgets. If Jesus affords that to you, you need to afford that to others. In whatever situation it is that you're struggling with right now, I thank you, Lord, that you've given us the ability to overcome, that we're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb, the blood of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that when we fast and we access your presence through prayer, that amazing supernatural things can happen. And Father, I thank you. We make a decision right now. That's me. And here's what I want you to tell God. If if you're feeling any conviction this morning out of anything that we've talked about, I want you to just tell the Lord right where you are in your seat right now before you leave, God, here am I. And I'll lay it at your feet. And I thank you, God, for your mercy and your grace and your compassion that you've given me. And now I extend it to others in Jesus' name. Yeah. With every eye closed, actually with every eye open and every head lifted, how many of you can say you have somebody that you need to forgive? My hand's up. I didn't know it, but this week I had a situation. I had somebody actually uh, go on my Facebook page and and post something that was just absolutely horrendous. And it brought me to some things in the past that I had to stare at. And I thought a door was closed and I I said, Lord, why am I feeling all this stuff? And I didn't know it, but I believe the Lord allowed me to walk through that because I think some of you have been struggling with closing the door and bringing finality to the feelings that come with unforgiveness. It's like, there they are every time. So it's like, you just feel like, anybody ever been there? You just feel like you just forgave and then, oh, this thing rares up again. I know it's not just me. I didn't realize this was gonna take a turn, but this week while you fast and pray, I want you to ask the Lord to close some doors so you could be free and walk in authority. How many of you know the problems, they they snuff out creativity and vision. Ain't nobody got time for that. I don't have time for it anymore. You got to get to a place where you get angry and ticked off enough. You go, I don't have time for that anymore. I'm going to let it go. go. Go to your toilet and physically flush it. Go, you're done. Whatever. Pretend like it's a goldfish. There you go. Come back, Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you right now that you're changing lives and that you're making us all free in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe it, would you shout amen? Amen. Guys, this week, I want to encourage you really press into the Lord because I believe God's got some great things for your household, great things for you, great things over your jobs. And his power is right here. It's right here. Here's what I want us to do before we leave. Let's all stand to our feet.
I've tried to end like three times, but I just, I feel the Lord here. I want everybody to breathe in and all that toxic nonsense, breathe it out. I thank you, Lord, for freedom in Jesus' name. You guys are dismissed. I love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bring some people. It's going to be a good week next week. Love you guys. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc, and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.